was giving a very eloquent uh, talk on personal non-doership. Yeah, there's no person, there's no doer. Yeah, and so it went on for like four four pages, and then the next after this beautiful thing, the next paragraph started with student, and then the lady raised her hand and said. Okay, I know what, I got what you said, now what do I do? That's exactly the whole dilemma, yeah? So, you can hear a message, yes? But it's, it's what's hearing the message has more importance than the message, to tell you the truth. Yeah? So if the message is, symbolically, you're a lion, yeah? You're a lion, if you want to call it spirit, whatever. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. And everyone's hearing it, and there's a part of you may resonate with that, Yeah? Some will go, yeah, like an unspoken yes. Yeah, yeah. And so it sounds like, all right, you're a lion, 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 you're a lion. And then it hits the ear, and then it gets translated by the system into I can become like a lion. Because unbeknownst to you, or maybe you're very aware of it, there's a strong belief of what you are already, which is, let's say, a sheep, let's say, yes? So there's a strong belief that you're a sheep. So when you hear the message of, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, it may be attractive to the sheep, because it's tired of getting, like, you know, used as sweaters and, you know, barring all day and chewing cuds. So it, and it's heard a little bit about lions. It said, yeah, I could kick some ass if I was a lion, whatever. So it, would, it sounds like, yeah, I'd like to have some of the lion qualities, but you don't understand there's a a deep-rooted identification as being the sheep, yeah? So you hear the message, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, but if it's heard with a sheep ear, it doesn't help hold inside as I'm a lion. It's hold, it's turned into, I, as a sheep, can become like a lion. Yeah? That's a different message, really. And that's what happens a lot. There's a, let's say there's a message, you're a lion, and then everyone's in nodding and agreement and going, oh, fuck this guy, I'm sick of this dude, whatever. doesn't matter, the reactions. But I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. And, but I, then it goes in here, and you're still nodding, and then the other thing gets it and turns it into, I can become like a lion. And in, when it takes the invitation or the pointing out that you're a lion and turns it into, I can become like a lion, that message of being a lion now reinforces the idea that you're a sheep, yes? Because now the sheep is going to maybe work really hard to try to become like a lion, which is truly impossible because it's very hard to override its original quote-unquote nature, which is sheep-like, yes? You ain't going to see many sheep raw when they're getting, you know, they're getting, they're getting you know, selected to be the next sweater, they're not going, Wah! they're just barring and, un, you know, very ignorantly following the fucking shearer and, you know, and then kick back out and the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> if they did roar, they'd probably shoot it and they'd be lamb shops that day, whatever. <laughs> but, so, so, the idea of becoming like a lion sounds great to a sheep. It can, yeah. Not to every sheep. A lot of sheep like to be a sheep, and they don't want to be disturbed in that sheep in the hood, yeah? Stay comfortable as a sheep. You know, the, the day of becoming a sweater is put off. They're not entertaining it at all. They're buying a lot of things and having a good time. <laughs> so, but if that sheep has a little dis-ease about its life, usually if 
the identification is strongly in place, the sheet, the last place it will go to is its identity. It will look at you and what's happening and how I'm being treated and the shira and this and that. It would have been much easier if I had a better shira. This shira was very rough on me. Not the question of being used by for a sweater every time, but the shira, you know, the one who's cutting it off. Yes? So everyone starts complaining about the effects of, let's say, the mistaken identity, but when they react to those effects, they're reacting from the point of view of the mistaken identity. Yes? So now they don't like to be treated like a sheep, but they're totally identified as a sheep. Yeah. It's difficult, because if the mind's identified as a sheep, then every way you are treated is going to be taken as how you're treated like a sheep. Yeah? So, let's say you're treated like royalty, it still probably won't be satisfying, yes? If you feel like you're being treated as a royal sheep. Just like you probably wouldn't be feeling that it's really nice to be treated like as a lamb chop, yeah? But the fact is, both of them is an identification as a sheep is in place, yeah? When it's a really good life of a sheep or a bad life of a sheep, the sheep identity is in place. Yeah? yeah, yeah. So the, it's, it's not how the sheep is living, it's actually the sheepness that's producing its, let's say, irritable restlessness and discontent. If it's not a sheep, and this is what we're sharing here today, we, our mind, the mind that we are listening to most of the time, yes, the little K-Paul or K-Mary, whatever, the radio station up there, that's pontificating about how you are, how you're going to be, how you were, how they are, yes, how the world is, all like that, assumes us to be a body. Yeah? That's its, so when you think of you, you think of you as a body. Yeah? When you think about you in the past, how do you picture you? How does the mind picture you when it thinks about you in the past? As a body, yes? How does it picture you when it's worrying about what's going to happen to you in the future? As a body. So the thought system, and it is a system, it is not a natural uh, development. It's a thought system. It's a programmed activity. Yeah. That thought system, how that thought system takes you to be is as a body. So when that thought system is thinking about you, the you that it's thinking about is a body. Yeah? It's represented by a body. Yes? So it's a beautiful move by the mind, anyway, because what it does is when it presents you to be an object, yeah, which is this, yeah, I'm locatable. Yeah? I'm locatable. And I can move the location, and I can change the time of the location. So I can think about myself as a body somewhere else at some other time. Yeah? It's very tricky. If you had a sense of being spirit, spirit meaning no thingness, yeah? No form, no objective qualities that you can feel and grab and touch, there would be no possibility that your mind, if it was based on a thought system, could be thinking about you. Yeah? It needs to present you as an object for it to be so that it can, it, the system can think about you, yeah? And so, it's not enough that it can think about you now, it produces a realm of time where it can take you and place you wherever it wants, somewhere else at some other time. And it has a dialogue about that, yeah? 
it presents a little skit or a play or a drama, mostly tragedies, yeah? Lots of melodramas, and then usually leading to a heavy tragedy. <laughs> so it's like a it's like a theater a theater troupe, but they have only one central star of every one of their stories, which is a you. <laughs> so that's why it seems to be boring, because it is really. It's about you all the freaking time, somewhere else at some other time. Yeah, it gets boring to the audience. When the audience gets bored but can't entertain leaving the theater, what does it do? It eats a lot of fucking popcorn. It pops a lot, a lot of jujubes. It gets those fucking licorice twisters and sits there. <laughs> it's got to be entertained because the story ain't entertaining it anymore. So it starts to seek what? Relief. Yeah? Relief from the overburden of this story that's incessantly going on, being represented every day. <laughs> of course it's going to act out. Of course it's going to get, get relief. But see, the dilemma with this system is all of your acting out and all of your trying to get relief is in the same theater. You never escape the theater. Yeah? You just move, the mind just moves into another pantomime about the noble journey of trying to escape the theater. Because <laughs> self can't get out of self. Yes? The object of fascination can't get out of the system that's projected it, yes, and reinforcing it, and narrating it all day. It can't leave. So every desire, every story about leaving is just another story that the troupe is playing. One of the little hooks this story has is it's a real story. <laughs> I've now seen the falsehood of all the other stories, but this story is real. It's also false. They're all false. There's not one true story in the lot. Yes? It will, it will change weight or meaning and take it out of stories it finds to be, oh, I finally woke up to the, all the stories I was living in, and then it distributed it to the new story about being awake to the, all the old stories. But it's still a story, yes? A boredom seeps in, and then, let's say you've been with Buddhism, now you need turbocharged Buddhism, or extreme Buddhism, or let's, I'm going to do bungee jumping, I'm going to jump out of a plane, then we're going to meditate for it. I bet you, watch, watch what the retreats are going to look like as the years go by. They're going to have to employ so many other things to capture the bored mind. When I used to go on retreats, it was just sitting. Now they have tantra sex, they have massages, do a little tai chi, yoga. They have to start adding stuff on, yes? Then turbocharged retreats, and then, oh, the I got a guy come. He, I used to have him at a garage sale, and he's a teacher on something, meditation teacher. And he, and he left, and he, first of all, <laughs> yeah, I fronted him a Buddha, and he didn't pay me for six months. A statue, you know? I said, now, how could that be? He's a meditation teacher. <laughs> but he had these beautiful, full-color, glossy brochures about a ten-day quote-unquote meditation retreat in Costa Rica, kayaking, surfing, getting massaged, eating organic fruit dropping from the trees, 
taking jungle walks, all wrapped in an idea that the mind could think, well, I'm, I'm on my noble endeavor. I'm going on a meditation retreat. <laughs> and it's going to go on and on and on like that. This theater, there's no escape. There's no, all the escape doors are no escape. There's no exit. Yeah? That's no point. There was a there was an old Buddhist thing called the wisdom of no escape. Now, there's a lot of different trans- interpretations of that. My interpretation of it is that the wisdom of no escape is that there is no escape. Yeah? You can't escape from an imaginary or a delusional problem. The only valid escape from an imaginary problem is recognizing it's imaginary. That's the only one that works. Because once you enter it and try to fix it, you're in it. Yes? As soon as you engage with it, you give it the meaning it has, which it becomes now real to you. So all bondage here is imaginary, but it seems as real as real can be to you. Because it's the mind's application. Yes? Once it's about you, that has meaning and reality. Yeah? If you could see life is happening, you would have a lot less difficulty than if you see it as life is happening to me. It's just that simple. Yeah? If all life is seen as from my particular point of view, it's all happening to me, everything pertains to me, that's the heaviness that we want to get out of. But we're trying to get out of it as the source of the heaviness. You gave it the meaning it has. You meaning this mind in the system of self-centeredness. So there's been some people that came along and they started to entertain the idea, I may not be that. I may not be the center of the system, that I'm having a hard time with all the fallouts from its effects. Maybe instead of trying to manage these better and get relief from these and try to see how I can transcend these, which I never do, maybe I could go to the center of the system and see, am I the center of the system? Am I a long-lasting, independent, separate entity? Am I a body? Am I established here as a body, or are there other qualities that I may not be able to touch, feel, taste, smell, think, and whatever? There's another sense I forgot. Maybe there's something that I can't put my finger on that is ever-present at all time. Yeah? But my way of seeing can't pick it up. Yeah? My way of seeing is destined only to see objects with space involved yeah? and time. I can't see any other way. This is the apparatus. This apparatus has a built-in lens, and it's on automatic usually. (laughs) Yes? It sees things as objects outside of itself. That's what it does. To rely on that and try to change this wiring is crazy, but there's, let's say, the ghost in the machine, you may want to call it, yeah, or that living thing, or that animation, or that consciousness, where they can't find where does consciousness come from in the brain. Where's its location? Because it's not locatable. It's sort of whatever. But maybe if you were that, in a sense, at least a larger sense than it is held now, it's going to have an incredible benevolent effect on living seemingly as this. It will lighten the inherent heaviness of spirit, let's say, being identified with a body. How could it not be heavy? 
if spirit, which is no thing and doesn't weigh anything and can't be located, is suddenly shoved in this little shoebox called this skin bag, yeah? And this is me. I would imagine it's a rude awakening to wake up as a body. Yes? <laughs> so this is just a simple invitation. Maybe in recovery, we've got no asses kicked. And we have a book that tells us the root of the problem. I don't believe they took it far enough, but they pointed in the right direction. Self, self-centeredness, that's the thing that's killing us. If you're not rid of it, it's going to kill you, you know? You've got to get rid of it, and yet you can't get rid of it on your own, because self can't get out of the system of self. Yeah? If you're taking yourself to be a self, there's no way in hell you're going to get out of the system that projects you like that. No way! None! Zip! All you can do is move, maybe, if there's grace involved, you move like closer to the front door of the asylum, but you're not getting out. Or maybe you'll, you'll get a hillside veranda in hell where it's less than you know, a half a degree cooler. But there's no, if you call that freedom, I mean, it's just degrees of change. Yeah. The point is, if I'm not that, if I'm not this, it creates like a tsunami of an effect on all of what you call that. That's what happens, yes? Because all the meaning that's been given to all of that is emanating from this, truly. You are the epicenter in that sense, yes? You're giving everything the meaning it has. So if the meaning this has been given by the conditional mind is changed, you better believe other meaning's going to change. You're going to have a, a different dis distributor of meaning, a different location of dis distribution. Yes? Not so self-seeking for its own survival, but dispersing. Yeah? And then your interest and attention, now let off of the leash of self, can go around and give interest and attention to different things, and maybe give a lot of interest and attention to no thing. It may sit in a pause and not get so consumed by things and this and that, and just sit in the silence or the peace of the space. And maybe its interest truly lies in that, more than where it was directed by self in. Maybe it's tired of sniffing at every fucking object for satisfaction, and going over past places where it sniffed, to sniff again with the hopes that it's going to finally work this time. Maybe when you call it off, if you cut the leash, the interest and attention maybe isn't really driven to sniff out things. Maybe it would rather just sit amongst the manifestation of things, but in a sense of no-thingness. Yeah. And of course that's going to have a huge effect, obviously, yeah, on what we call our personal experience. Because a large amount of impersonalness has been dropped in. And then you see the quote-unquote problem by the solution. You cannot know the problem deeply by the problem. As, as long as self is entertaining all the knowledge it's acquiring about self, that self-knowledge, like in recovery it says, will avail you nothing. It's not going to lead you to a true freedom from the bondage of self. It's just self putting more medals on it. Yeah? Now I know. Yes. I understand how fucked I am. But you're, still, <laughs> but you're basically still fucked. Yes? This is a different thing. It's a different idea. And you'll know the tree by the fruit. This isn't about your buying like a way plan or something that you have to have faith in 
or believe without any evidence. This is a mere suggestion, a true suggestion like in recovery. It's an invitation. If you entertain it, see what happens. Why would you want to ever delay traveling lighter to be right about some fucking philosophical idea? (laughs) What's the point of memorizing 500 pages of scriptures? The unspoken yes is like reams and reams and reams of scriptures of what they're indicating or pointing to. It's the real deal. It's a, a transformative shift where you seem to be. Why would you, in that freedom, why would you want to, you know, wallpaper your walls with dogma and ideas and beliefs again? When you're finally free range, you've been let out, you've been let out of the coop, you know? <laughs> you go to the coop, but you don't sit and start nesting there anymore. There's no fucking golden egg you're sitting on. <laughs> it's all over. You show up, this Saturday is the greatest Saturday of all time, because it's the only Saturday of all time. <laughs> you, know, you can't acquire that kind of immediate. See, you know, it has to be a byproduct of a shift. Yeah. Selfing is all about acquiring and getting, trying to hoard information to improve itself. It's all just more weight. Yeah. This is about economizing, paring down, stripping away. And you don't do it. You just entertain and we'll see what happens. Yeah? And I'm just reporting back to like being under that spiritual shower for a while. This is what happens. <laughs> Without this sense of wetness, you'll want to put something on all day. The mind wants a sense of being something. Yeah? But if it can get to feel what it's like to be wet, it'll give up the idea of being a dry wave seeking for an experience of the ocean. You'll realize it is ocean. Yes? Well, why don't you want to dive into the depths? This is the depths. Yeah. Taking a shit here in the bathroom. Going to get Pete's coffee. That's the depths of life. That's the, that's the infinite space of all spaces, right as it's appearing now. This isn't what I thought it would be like. Exactly. That's the good news. <laughs> If it was going to be like, if you thought it would be like, you'd be there. <laughs> you'd be included in it. <laughs> when you skateboard and you're in something, isn't there an absence of self? Isn't there a time where you lose yourself? Yeah, you're doing your thing. Or like you're having sex maybe, or for me it's boogie boarding or something. There's an absence of self. Now what happens... Just see what happens when you have that rush or whatever and you're enjoying yourself. And then, let's say the activity changes, and doesn't your head arise and say, oh, I had an incredible time today. So the selfing will actually claim its own absence in your life all day. That's what it does. It claims. It says it's the one who had that feeling. It was the absence of that one that's clutching and clinging to have feelings. It was the absence that you let go, and that's why it was so joyous. Yeah? That, that little, like, habitual clutching comes back and goes, tries to clutch its own absence. I had that experience. I had the epiphany. I had that. Yeah? It's just constantly claiming, 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 claiming. So if you see that, and you're not that movement, 
Yes? That can go on, and yet the space is undisturbed. When you believe you're the one that does it, you don't sense the space. All you see is that. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm, yeah? when, you, when it's not you, it's just one of many, many things arising. And there's a seeing of it. You don't have to do that. What's the fucking point? That's its nature. It's like a little gaping mouth. You're like a fish when you take it out of the water. Does that thing? It's trying to get. This is what its mind's trying to grasp some identity. Cling, 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 cling. It's not the objects that matter to it. It's that it's it, those clinging reflect the object that's doing that as a subject. So you feel you're the one that's clinging. That's what it wants. That feeling that it's you. And then it's you that doesn't cling. It's you again. It's an activity you think you're doing. That's the self. All the while, this space. Everything that appears will disappear, and yet the space will never change, yes? Everything that arises departs. Every activity becomes an inactivity. Yeah? Every rush decreases. Just like that tsunami wave, yeah? Incredible power, as it goes over time and space, it loses energy, yeah? This is what this place is like all day. But the space, the space that all of this is appearing in is always undisturbed by anything that's happening. Yeah? It's nice to have a little bit of an inclination of that in life or an intimation. It allows this that can be taken so fucking seriously yeah, to lose a large amount of interest in its own machinations. Yeah, it's you don't go home and sit down and have your head represent the day to you. You've forgotten the whole day because it's nighttime. <laughs> now you're in the nighttime. And then that goes and then you, before you get back. It's like a constant forgetting, like something just falls off a ledge. Yeah. So you don't have to go, well, let me total up all the value of my life and see if it made me anything. It seems like absolutely nothing's happened in a way. <laughs> it's great. You live almost like a a wind, yeah, moving around, this and that, this and that. Memory is a weird thing. They can't locate memory either. They don't know what part of the brain produces memory. It seems like it's an activity outside the brain's functions, memory. But memory is what we are. We're being remembered right now. To take ourselves to be this, this is being remembered in mind. Mind is remembering us in the past to give us a sense of being continually this now. Yeah? And then it's thinking about us in the future to, to elongate that continuum. Yeah? So the one solid real thing we can rely on is that it's been me this whole time. And that actually is the most unreliable thing. Yeah? When that gets snapped, and it can, because it's a verb, snapped, when, when selfing stops, yeah, that yapping of living life as you, as this, when it stops by some event or grace or whatever, something continues, yeah? When you stop, when you have those moments that you're not there, something was still there, yeah? I would say we're that which is there when we're absent. Yeah? And therefore, if you get it, it's also there when you seem to be present, it's ignored when you're present, but it doesn't get 
dis- it doesn't get disappeared by that ignorance. It just gets undiscovered. Yeah? Is it a problem that uh, it's sort of got no qualities, no color, no shape or form, not even the concept? You know, it's sort of space-like. You know, the true nature, the true home, or whatever, the essence, for lack of better words. Uh, it's just, you know, you can't really... For me, the difficulty of identifying, let's say, with that as my, you know, true nature, my essence, form, whatever, is exactly that. It's got no form, it's got no attributes, it's got no color, it's got no nothing. And yet I do believe I'm probably more than, than my memories and, you know, recollections of body or whatever, but it's just hard to identify with formless. Well, that's good news, because what's trying to identify with the formless is in you. That's the conditional mind itself in wants to identify with the formulas. Just like it's identified with this form. It thinks it can do the same with it can't do the same with the formless. That's its little fucking bump. Yeah? But that act of like, wanting to identify with the formless is selfing. I don't identify with the formless. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Literally. <laughs> and I don't even do well in the this here, this area. I have very little idea what's going on even here. I have a massive no idea what's going on in all this. I mean, it's insane. I mean, we were at a meeting last night, and uh, people were talking about the program and doing the steps and doing and doing, 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 doing. And I said, Jesus... And so finally, at the end of the meeting, I said, what about the higher power? <laughs> I mean, the whole point of the program is a relationship with something greater than you. Because I couldn't even make a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now I'm going to do a great spiritual program? Give me a great. I mean, yeah, the reason why I'm here is I'm not managerial quality. Now I'm supposed to do a, and manage a spiritual program? I couldn't even keep myself out of jail out there. <laughs> I couldn't even make money. Couldn't take care of my physical health at all. And now, for now, I've stopped drinking. I'm going to manage a spiritual program. <laughs> this is about reliance on something greater than self. Yeah? Whatever, whatever, whatever informs itself of that to you, that's the reliance. It's like, it was in, in the view of self-centeredness, it looks like insecurity. Because there's nothing to grab onto. But in sense, the true security here is insecurity. It's not knowing. The highest form of reliance is not knowing. The mental conditional form of, of reliance is knowing. I know for sure. But in truth, the highest form of mind, let's say in the Zen presentation, is I don't know. The I don't know mind opens you up to finding out. And finding out is, has, a, has the quality of being able to truly convince mind Knowing does not have the quality to truly convince mind. It can, you cannot convince this mind, the one that's taken itself to be you. It'll be, sound like it's totally convinced, five minutes later it's unconvinced. Hasn't that happened? Oh, I'm never going to shoot dope again, and then the next day I was out there looking for it. But I, I was, I could have, if there was like a, a show, a, a reality show, who was the most humble, authentic person saying he was never going to do dope? I would have gotten all the percentage votes. Oh, yes, the sincerity was unbelievable. It was inspiring. Next day, boom. <laughs> you know, there's no convincing this. The convincing comes from finding out, not knowing anything. Knowing is like, is like a cursory, little shallow, oh, you touch something, and then, oh, I know that. No, you fucking don't. 
Finding out is the amends I don't know. If you don't know, what happens is you're bound to find out. <laughs> because the line will stay open until it does. Yeah. If you know, it's already closed. If I had a, see, if, if I knew what this day was going to go like, I'm supposed to go to a wedding and meet people I don't know, any of them, except for three of them, two of them are below nine years old, and one other, <laughs> all the other adults I have no idea of, and this and that. If I sat there and I said, all right, I'm going to go to my reliance on self, tell me, old great one, what's the day going to be like? You would say, it's going to suck, Paul. These people, you know, this and that. Yeah? It would tell you something, and it would say, you're best to try to get out of this at all costs. Just fucking ruin the relationship for the day. Don't even know. Have an argument so you can get out of this, because it's going to be fucking really uncomfortable for you. That's what it would do. Yeah? If you rely on it, what happens? You may be motivated to fuck things up. Because that's its solution. I don't want to deal with that, so let's just blow it up. Oh, yeah, that works. I'm going to just drink myself, and I'll forget I owe everyone money. But they don't forget I owe money. Have you noticed that? I'm going to drink and forget I had that court date, but then I get another warrant in the mail. Oh, you had a court date, you missed. Yeah. This system of reliance does not work. It's totally unreliable. If you think it's unreliable on the big things in manifestation, you, can ima- you can't even imagine how unreliable it is to the subtle things. It has no freaking clue. It's taking you to be a body, and you can't even read your body. People are sick to death, and they don't even know they're sick. They go in and get a test, and then they have to tell them. You've been sick, and yet you've been identified with the body, thinking about it all day for 40 years, looking over every aspect of it, looking in the, you know, ooh, how do I look, how do I look, and yet you're being eaten from the inside by a disease, and you have no clue. We're out to lunch. Yeah. Talk about the subtleties? How are you going to deal with thoughts? Give me a freaking break. You can't even deal with a mosquito. A mosquito in a room will ruin your whole fucking vacation. A mosquito, a bug, and you have a hard time killing it. You think thoughts? Oh, yes, I'm going to use just positive thoughts now. The law of attraction. I'm going to just think, give me a break. (laughs) You think you're the captain of a huge... This huge ship has its own navigational system called conditioning. And you're just going to run aground when you run aground. It's like that thing in Disney World where they have a, a ride and there's a boat and there's, there's lions and rhinoceros and then there's plastic little bits and everyone has a steering wheel. And then they think they made the turn to go into the plastic lake. Oh, I was successful. And the other person, oh, the rhinoceros hit the boat. Oh, I'm a terrible you know, skipper. And there's a big bar underneath, it's all computer. No one's navigating, no one's driving any fucking boat. It's just in the mind, yeah. It's insane. Yes, and then you're taking credit or blame, whatever the, you know, the, the conditioning brings you to. Oh, it could have been different, I wouldn't have done that. There's no other way it would have ever happened other than you doing that. It's incredible, isn't it? You go through the past, let's see... Oh, if I would have, wouldn't have gotten up that morning at 8, I would have missed that car at 8.30. I wouldn't have had that accident. And I wouldn't have gone to jail because I wouldn't have been drunk. Some of the alcohol I had drank the night before would have had evaporated in the half hour I would have stayed in bed. And I wouldn't have gotten that fourth DUI and I wouldn't be in San Quentin right now. 
But when you look at it, you're in San Quentin. Yeah? So whatever was supposed to happen, happened. And if it didn't happen, it wasn't supposed to happen. End of story. Does your mind ever sit with that understanding? No. It keeps going back. Let's review. <laughs> Let's represent what it could have been like if I wouldn't have done something. But you did it. <laughs> Obviously, you didn't do it, but it, something had occurred. We just skip over that. Yeah. Oh, everything would have been great if this wouldn't have happened. But it did happen. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's why it isn't great. It's totally insane. 